tinfoil hats, by the way, how maybe when the ancients arrived, there were the races, these like beast races or whatever that were the under realm. And maybe they like somehow because remember the Tolnar, the Tolnar have a caste system. And what did Steven say about the ancients, a caste system, hierarchical structure. I'm just saying it's possible. Look, what do we, what else we got to do? We're waiting for ashes, man. You're going to hypothesize. You're going to theorize, you're going to speculate. And then if it turns out you're true, well, damn, that was kind of fun. Look at me. Look at me. I, I got an attaboy. I got a little gold star. I know. I probably trigger some people. It's fine, though. You'll be all right. Another one of his companions who was already on the other side of the gateway was a cleric. He was a high priest of a most sacred order. This order was devoted to the phoenix, the goddess of creation. The high priest's devotion was absolute and unwavering, something the pathfinder could relate to himself. He remembered his friend's words before his own journey began. To wield the light of dawn, you must be devoted to the light itself. So he would make his oath as a warrior of Vera. He would make his oath as a paladin for the light. Welcome to Ashes Pathfinders, your dedicated and trusted Ashes of Creation podcast. Join us as we share in the journey that reignites the embers and rekindles the flames in the hearts of those long left to cinder. I'm your host, Phoenix, also known as Samorg, and I'm joined today by my returning Pathfinders. Welcome back, Daedalus. Hello, everyone. Also, welcome back, our favorite. You can see I'm smiling right now. Look at this smile. <laughs> <laughs> favorite social buddy Faisal. <laughs> welcome back half tilt yo how's it going everyone hey, good to man. be here good to be here so friends episode 113 here we are and uh before we get too dug in today in today's episode which we have plenty to talk about by the way lots to talk about got a Give a big shout out to the home of this podcast over at AshesHQ.com, the community curated website for Ashes of Creation. Also a shout out to all of the Imperial Flames, which are the supporters here on Twitch, YouTube, and Patreon. Thanks so much for keeping the community's flames bolstering greater week after week. It's greatly appreciated. Thank you so much for the support, everybody. Um, with that all being said, let's kind of dig in. We got a little bit of stuff and things today. Um, no ratings on iTunes, but please do remember if you want to support the show, one of the best things you could do is you can go to our iTunes uh, and give us a five-star review, drop us some love, leave a comment. We'll read it on the show. Um, really appreciate uh, all of you who have been doing that recently. Um, also, you can call into the show and leave us a message to play here live at 1-539-664-6801. Or you can leave us some mail in the mail bag or mailbox or whatever, and the Pathfinder grunt can get that to us sometime in the near future. You can leave that over at ashespathfinders at gmail.com. Got a lot on the agenda to today. We got one more call in, and um, I was a little surprised to see the frequency of the call ins. <laughs> oh, man. You know, uh, I just feel like we're really welcome in Vera. I know that a lot of us Pathfinders want to get over there and enter the <laughs> gateway and, you know, adventure and uh, join a cause even perhaps. And I think that someone's called in about a cause of their own or some sort of a call. So we'll go ahead and play that real quick. So gentlemen, everyone here, let's go ahead and listen in real quick to whoever this was. I don't know. 
pathfinders. I am High Priest Agastan of the Eternal Flame. The old battle master here told me of his request for you all to join us as warriors of Vera. But before you enter the gate, it is important that you all know there is a greater calling you may choose to follow, a greater oath you may take. Devotees to the gods are needed now more than ever. The order halls are soon to be assembled, and you may decide to make an oath devotion to one of the gods. I implore you to make that oath and honor the cause true to your own hearts. There is no telling what awaits us beyond these gates, but rest assured that in our oaths and our devotion we will be aligned in a most righteous cause. We await you here and have faith that you too will make an oath and honor of the seventh May the eternal flame bless and guide you all. All right, so I think I, I think if I caught that right, that was what that was High Priest Avistan of the Eternal Flame. I've never heard of that before. Have you guys heard of that? I haven't heard of that. Nope. Might have. Oh, interesting. Might have. Might have. <laughs> might, have. <laughs> <laughs> might have. Maybe. Possibly. Maybe. <laughs> hey, man. You know, I don't know, man. I don't know if that's like a religious order or if that's like, you know, some sort of an RP order. I'm not really exactly sure, but definitely sounds serious about his uh, religion and the cause. So I don't know, man. Speaking of which, isn't that some you can kind of augment skills and things and ashes with religion, right? With with religion, with other archetypes. Uh, in fact, we've talked about previously, like how important it is for individuals who actually rise to the top of a religious order um you know and be, if you rise to the top of your order there are going to be some pretty killer perks um some of which you could use during node sieges or things like that um some kind of crazy ultimate ability or like ability bars or something that pops up that you might have access to so um why the is this resurrection spell dude could you imagine like a mass res for everybody in the node if that was like that's just nuts right that would be crazy that would be insane it would be sick it would be yeah <laughs> and it would be beautiful actually so i really hope that happens not that i expected it will but you know if it did happen <laughs> i would be like completely in support of that <laughs> Them? But in terms of balancing the equilibrium, then there has to be the, yeah. the opposite as well, where you can decimate half a mm -hmm. node. Baptism by mm -hmm. fire and everyone's toast. <laughs> if you don't subscribe to my order, you're done. <laughs> Why are you off the face of that? It's called scorched earth. Or, or you could have a necromancer returning people from the dead as skeletons. So yes. half of the people would be alive and the other half would be dead. Rise from your grave. Wait, what the hell was that? <laughs> I don't. I don't know. It just. Well, you can't turn it off. I can't turn it off. I don't know what's going on here. So let's go ahead. <laughs> we'll dig in, man. We like to have fun around here, man. And also, I kind of think that you know, I think that I might be a little more giggles and a little more enthusiasm day because I'm trying not to freeze to death in my own house because it's really cold. I don't know if y'all. If you're in the U.S. right now, there's probably a party that's going, homies, I don't know that I need it this cold. I'm all about, like, the winter, but this, like, negative stuff, nah, man, it's not for me. But, you know, look, everybody needs to take, uh, 
take notice of our favorite you know social bunny Faisal. he's wrapped up in a blanket and i mean you know i probably could use something like that today instead of just a hoodie yes I hope you all are bundled up and ready I and cozy. Ex- I expect you one day to be on the show with the blanket. So. It might happen. <laughs> it might happen. If Ashes actually <laughs> opens their merch store again and we get blankies, I will uh, buy the obligatory blankie in honor of you, Faisal. Yes. Hell yeah. And wear it at least one time on stream. <laughs> Maybe two. If it gets like this again, I might be bundled up at like... <laughs> Over here, just rattling away, chopping at the. Anyway, you guys, <laughs> it's good to see y'all again, man. We uh, we've had a well, a pretty momentous week. We uh, we didn't have Stephen on here, but one of our you know fellow podcast podcasts in the community, the Ashen Forge, they've been around a while, right? It's good to see them doing stuff again. Stephen, drop by, and uh, you know we've actually got some stuff and things from that particular uh, podcast or live stream that we can kind of review today, um, which we'll kind of go through that shortly. We've got some stuff on the newest dev discussion, number 27 discussing ideal classes. What are yours? Um, we've got a little bit of uh, focus on the most amazing uh, class that there ever has been, which is the Paladin. Obviously people are going to be like, Oh, Sim, you think, you think you're, you're a subject matter expert. You think that's the best. Be like, It's an opinion. And I'm just saying it's the best, but I want to know what you think is the best. So they're not fighting words. They're uh, words of inspiration. Right. Yeah. Okay. So gentlemen, we're, what were like the main topics for, for you all that you kind of recognize that maybe were like new really stood out that felt like they were, um, I don't know, noteworthy off of that particular, you know, show. There was there was one quote that I like I kept listening to over and over um, when I was watching the video and it was something that Steven said and it really made me think about how different ashes will be versus other MMOs we've experienced and he said a linear history is something that is a very cool pillar of how ashes intends to exist for players. And that's kind of a pretty interesting quote. Um, and I kind of latched onto it because my like my biggest um I would say takeaway from fun times in MMOs has been creating that history. Um, but what I've found seems to be lost in MMOs today is kind of there's almost a repetitive nature to the gameplay and and being able to create a history that you know exists and may not ever exist again um is a really appealing concept to uh, to me and Mm -hmm. and it goes back to i think one of the main reasons why i really like the idea of an ever-changing world and each server has its own story because that just makes it feel unique. And I felt like early on in the MMO uh, world, that was a more real concept and we've kind of gone away from that. So I think that was probably my, the biggest thing that I saw kind of, you know, going through the video Mm -hmm. that I really latched on to. Yeah. I noticed he was really excited about the improvements to the back end for Alpha One too, which was like really, really good to see that he was reflecting on that yet again. 
because um, this is one of those things that you know they talked about as well that were important in regard to like the possibility of opening up more te- uh, alpha one pre-order packs right right um and i agree with you too yeah like the importance of like the that narrative component like that just as one of the things we've talked about way back man you go way back over the years to the beginning oh, yeah. of the show i mean you you've been there day to listen some of the earliest ones and and you know back then we reflected on just like how amazing it would be to just have a narrative that could kind of be your own like things you wouldn't really see again whether it's around quests or items or story arcs whatever whatever that was that that player narrative and i remember saying like how cool it would be if you know you're because of that combination of your your archetype your augments your your race choice in game um the choices you made along the way kind of got you to this place where now something opened up and it's yours super cool what about you guys man what are some of the things you all really saw that resonated Uh, for me, it was a, a little bit more just on the, on the base fundamentals of how the crafting system is going to work and how you're going to level up in the crafting system. Um, that, that, that sort of stuff was, I thought was pretty in-depth. I'll be honest, I was fairly distracted when I was watching it, so I've actually watched the video twice now, and I still need to watch it at least one more time <laughs> uh, to try and p- keep putting it all together. But little bits stood out to me, and the crafting thing was was a big one for me. Um, and, and just the how, how you will have to achieve certain benchmarks within the crafting system that you've chosen in order to unlock new trees and new recipes and abilities as you go through, it's not just going to be uh, repetition necessarily. It's not going to just be buy your recipes and go and do things that there will be a little bit more of a planned approach to it. Absolutely. What you phase. I agree with the, uh, I agree with tilted for the most part. And I also, uh, what really caught my eye is that how Steven is very uh, cautious about newcomers. Uh, mm-hmm. to the game and how the quests are going to be written in a way supposedly uh, not easy but very welcoming to pe- new people to this whole type of playstyle for MMOs in a sense. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm like, yeah, kind of, oh, go on, go, oh, on. go ahead. No, no, uh, please. Well, uh, well, one of the things that I think related to questing that was also pretty interesting too was the idea that players might be the target of quests i thought that was that just kind of you know mm-hmm. i guess it's expected right but <laughs> then him kind of saying it it's like oh yeah you could you that could work right as opposed to having like a static you know place that you need to go and it's the same quest every single time it's a way to make it dynamic you know and it's very elegant kind of to hear that that's maybe part of it and 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 I know we've kind of heard of the idea of maybe bounty hunting or something like that. That's not necessarily, I think, what Stephen was getting at. At least I didn't think so. I think it was kind of broader in the sense of, you know, it, it might be um, just an interesting dynamic to encourage player interaction. And I'm, I'm hoping it's not just a combat thing. I'm hoping there's more to it. It's like, oh, find somebody you know, in this node that's part of your order and, you know, you know, do something, right? Or, you know, mm-hmm. I'll, you know, that would be actually a really 
cool way to encourage cooperative play. I mean, because there's definitely going to be the element of an antagonistic play. I mean, that goes without saying, really. It's it's a PVX game, so you're going to have that PvP component. Yeah. But it would be really cool to be able to say, hey, you need to find this person who might have this crafting skill and have him make you this thing in order to proceed with the quest. Right. Um, that I don't know. I just I just find that you know really interesting. Right. For some reason, I can imagine Sim being uh, uh, like trying to stop a player and be like, "Stop there!" And be like, basically, "Stop there, fiend, or I shall smite thee to the ground." <laughs> stop there, criminal right. scum. <laughs> this Just is a citizen's clear. arrest. <laughs> 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 you ain't wrong. <laughs> you ain't wrong. I was like looking over the I was looking over the uh dynamic world, you know, through the node system, right? Quest lines that are centered on nodes might change location if the node's destroyed. That was nice, right? To see that because one of the things I've always wondered is like how static are they gonna be? Is it just that they're in a location and then certain situations just proc them popping? Or is it going to be that they actually have like almost mobility, right? Like they they might cycle around. And when I saw that point, I was like, that's it. That's good. That's what I, ah, that's like a hope, right? Not exactly an expectation or anything like that. It's just a hope. And when, you, when I read that, I was like, oh, that's so good, right? Because that idea of it being so rigid and static, right out the window, man. You know, it's not going to just be like everything's planted one spot. And these conditions simply just unlock it. So that was that was epic. Um, mm -hmm. NPCs and services might disappear if a node gets destroyed until that node gets built up again, which was something we kind of know about. Um, mm -hmm. You know, the world events should affect the economy just like in real life, right? There's a supply and demand in terms of like the economy as well, which we, of course, know, know about that as well. Um, this one right here. Um, it, this one right here is, which I was... It was like a bit of a tease, right? And that was, do races affect the gameplay of a node or is it just the aesthetics? Previously, I think we kind of worked under the aesthetics element of its visual appearance. Mm -hmm. There are benefits to being the same race as the node you are living in, undisclosed at this time. Huh. Node gameplay is affected by the race that contributes most to the node, undisclosed. But... I just wonder if that's going to be like something to, I don't want to say inspire, but maybe that's the word is like some sort of faction war, racial kind of wars where it's like, okay, we really want, you know, this, I don't know, human or England human um, node to be like prime, right? So you get a lot of people rally to do that. Um, but then there's some dynamic with another race like orcs wanting to do that. It's, I don't know. I think that's a really interesting concept. I'd like to see how that plays out and what he actually means by benefit there mm -hmm. um, and how, how game changing it might be. But yeah, that is, that is interesting. That, that stood out to Ooh. me from that too. I could, I could imagine like a 50, 50 node where, where like both races are trying to fight for it. Who would, and I could also imagine like a civil war type of thing inside the, of its own node. <laughs> right. Some sort of internal sabotage or something to say, okay, now we need to 
we need to figure this out and so that you know the orcs can take over and mutiny. essentially <laughs> sounds like yeah. a bounty hunter's dream right there mm-hmm. right <laughs> So I saw I saw in chat right from a friend there in chat said, can you read that again? So there are benefits to being the same race as the node you're living in. If the node is also like dominated essentially by that race, which means aesthetically it will look this way. That means that the race is essentially the dominant race for the node and that there will be some sort of a perk to being the same race as the highest contributing race for that node. Right. So it's not just aesthetics. It's going to contribute to some element of you know, gameplay, we don't know what exactly, but it will, it will be there. So that's, that's pretty, that's pretty interesting. It does make me wonder exactly what that's going to be. Yeah. yeah I, I like, could see it being like a 5% um, bonus to experience gain through crafting or grinding monsters, whatever, something like that, where it's nice to have it, but it's not game changing where if you're not that race you leave that node and go somewhere else because i don't think you want to push people away like that but to have that benefit yeah it's worth fighting for yeah and i think it would be interesting just to see how that fosters like racial communities as well like you know how that plays out in terms of the dynamics of the game and and i guess it comes down to how important the buff is Mm. for progress because I think, and and I think that's probably going to be the determining factor. Like even something like as straightforward as like some sort of experience buff might not necessarily be, you know, overpowered, but it might be very desired given potentially how much investment it takes to level up a node, level up personally, level up crafting, etc. Yeah. This makes you wonder, right? There was even like, you can talk about crafting. We can go on to crafting. And by the way, we got a hype train going right now with the on the show here on Twitch. So if y'all don't know what that is and you're listening, I kind of have to, I, I feel it's very important to like shout this out because it's basically people being really generous and contributing in a financial sense to the stream and this show and this community. And so big shout out to all the people that have been doing that today. There's a hype train going. So artillery, um, we've got artillery, coffee drinker, T Elf, uh, really appreciate all of y'all for doing that. And uh, Brown Rice for gifting that sub too, man. Uh, really appreciate it, friends. Very much for that. In a nutshell. <laughs> wow. That was actually really good. It sounded like a hype train. Yeah. <laughs> anybody else remember this is a complete sidebar, but anybody remember the, the choo choo like emote that the gnomes in World of Warcraft do? They're like, yes. You know, they're like, choo choo. You're like, wee wee. When it's a death knight, no, it's even better because, like, woo it's really horrible, but almost sounds like the undead one. <laughs> yeah, my, my first training wow was my gnome rogue. Just gotta, I gotta shout out because it's all about the woo woo, man. Like, <laughs> what? So you got like talking about the crafting system, right? Jeff has a soft spot for the Star Wars uh, galaxies crafting. And so it was definitely a big inspiration for Ashes. I mean, I, I never got I never got to play it. Um, I really didn't. And I do feel like I missed out, especially in that regard, because from what I understand from so many people is that crafting was a really great system in that MMO, man. And uh, yeah, so I'm I'm super curious to see how that actually looks and to see how people react to it. People that, you know, experience it themselves to see like how they actually you know, felt like it vibes for them when it comes out in ashes and get to see what it looks like. And, you know, what are the similarities? What do they like about it? Maybe what they don't like about it. Um, this one right here, though. 
how does crafting level up? This is something I've wondered about. Like I've talked about it before. And there's like, is it through? Because there's different ways that you can actually level up crafting in so many different uh, MMORPGs. There's like the the way in which you you go to a trainer, you at certain levels, you kind of train, they teach you these things and then you go and you craft it. Then there's like through the world where you just kind of have to pick it up, farm it, get it through exploration. You, then you take those and you learn them. And then maybe you can't craft them until you're at that level or even learn them until that level. But either way, you kind of uh, gain experience through the crafting process. Um, and sometimes like the crafting process could be like, you know, there's like a rarity level. So like the higher, the the, the more rare something is that you craft, the more experience you get um, versus like the lower things. That sometimes those lower things then end up getting to a point where they aren't worth any more experience too. You could think mm -hmm. of like, I don't know, like, copper nails you could make at like level four or something versus uh when you're like level 40 and maybe what you're making is like mithril um you know chess piece or something and blacksmithing for example and then you're um the low those little nails are worth nothing and you've got to craft that mithril breastplate in order to really gain any xp and then the more that you craft maybe it becomes worth less and less and then it's nothing again versus some systems where even if it's level one all the way up you just get a lower uh accrual essentially of experience but it, but you still get something so this one's really good so i was like is it through accomplishing something is it just simply through like an experience gain you know because sometimes you go and you do a quest for a crafter an npc and completing these like things that they're like oh i want you to craft these specific items and bring it back to me and you're like okay cool you come back and then boop you got a whole bunch of xp for your crafting profession right so it's like a whole mix and they said that you level up and ashes through both experience and accomplishment. And I like that because I like that variety. I like that diversity. I like, like that, um, you know, that I don't have to do it just one way, like the potential that everything can kind of contribute to that. So if I have a preference on what I like, maybe I can focus a little more on that, at least some. Um, but progression will come from both repetition and achievement. And the benchmarks need to be achieved before moving on to the next branch in the skill tree. Ah, you're gated. That's kind of cool. You got to accomplish the, this pinnacle before you can move on to the next. That's good. Dig it, dig it. I really, I really like that. Absolutely. I really, really like it. Small twist I think that they could do with the achievements is basically like the first example where you said, like, if you craft an item uh, to a certain extent, you'll get zero XP. But instead of saying that, you could also say, okay, you have to reach this level before no XP can can be gained. Like, let's say if you're making like bronze nails and and you do it enough until you master it and you would literally have an icon that you master this specific yeah. recipe, mm -hmm. after that you stop gaining any XP. And maybe some small buffs here and there because you mastered it, maybe. Uh, that's a small twist to it, but I don't know if it would work or not. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, the one thing that I'm, I'm maybe a little cautious about with repetition, and I like they're adding achievement in there too. I just, repetition definitely is at least, you know, as I'm leveling up crafting, oh, I need to make, you know, five of this, 10 of this, that to me isn't as interesting. So I'm hoping there's a little more kind of achievement-based, quest-based type of progression there mm. and i think what would be interesting and, and this is kind of maybe something along the lines of 
talking about that they're kind of they're oh um, i like the fact that they're open about recipes kind of mm -hmm. working yeah. like others i would like to see some more discovery involved not like rng type of discovery but something that's maybe got a little bit you know of experimentation involved and i would be interesting to depending on what stage you are in skill maybe being able to craft recipes for your profession not anything that would be like oh i'm a grandmaster i can make a grandmaster version of it but at least like if something's rarer um you might be able to make like a base version of it as a recipe and be able to trade that so your profession could be useful in a number of ways um that would be an interesting thing to do so i'm hoping they're open to something a little more organic than just you know okay, I need to grind X amount of breastplates before I get to rank two armor smith. Uh, that would be um, kind of a nice change of pace. Again, I it's been a minute since I've, you know, been involved with like a crafting system like Star Wars Galaxies. So I'll need a little bit of a refresher on how they did it, but it would be, it would be nice to be able to have some sort of um, system where as you're gaining these, skill points you have an ability to spend them in a tree and kind of branch out that way versus it just being kind of a flat thing oh if you make a certain type of armor you're just going to gain skill points in that part of the tree something where there's a little more choice involved so um i think they had mentioned something like that but you know it, it's been a while since we've talked about it so yeah i gotta give a shout out to to brown rice um and artillery with another 10 and grunt with another 500 bits man they just max that level five hype train out really appreciate you guys you guys are the best seriously thanks a lot guys means a lot everybody to all of you um you know what i noticed about this um this they made a reference around eso and uh i there's like things i like about the elder scrolls online's crafting system and things i don't really like the thing that i've always loved about the elder scrolls online though is that there's a lot of um there's just, you know, like the alchemy systems, like so good. I love that. Like you can combine, combine the different things. You can like learn the traits of the different herbs. One, you know, you can always like munch one down and get a tray. You could, um, you could go and you could, um, you know, uh, like mix them and unlock them that way. And sometimes it doesn't work out. So there's like definitely trial and error and you got to pay attention. Um, so, you know, I love that about that game. Right. But the thing I don't like about the Elder Scrolls Online is MMORPG is that you can do everything to max. And then unfortunately, sometimes um, because of the fact that some of these things like motifs and everything can be pur purchased in the you know, crown store, it takes away from that the, some player agency in terms of like the market, like being able to go and farm things. Um, why would I farm it if I could just buy it? Right. And I don't have to go and pay for it in in-game gold. And it kind of, you know, undermines essentially in my mind the the economy in the game. And um you know, so, but there's a lot I like about it, but there's things I don't like about it. And so one thing I like about it is that is what they talked about here, which is that the recipes are going to work the same. They do in ESO as a consumable, they, that can either be traded or used by a person. Um, most crafting will be done through recipes rather than discovery. Um, I, I do like the discovery element, but you know, it sounds like they kind of want uh, more of a focus i think on you know that kind of like the market and they've they've reflected on the market being such an important piece to the game it's definitely one of the five pillars right so um i could see why they wouldn't want that to happen they want you to maybe be more reliant on having to get the the recipe instead of just 
getting it all on your own through discovery. Um, but they also talked about animal husbandry working on a mix and match discovery style, um, which I like. Um, because, you know, even though the recipes uh, is how you like learn most things, animal husbandry isn't something where it's like that. It's through the mix and match sort of system. So it's good to see it in the game. Um, they did talk a little bit more about animal husbandry, um, that there's some RNG involved when it comes to traits, possibly hidden traits that get discovered when known traits are combined. See that I hear, I hear, and I hear the alchemy system in the Elder Scrolls, mm-hmm. which yeah. so I mean you don't get it in alchemy, but I mean I could dig it in animal husbandry. It makes makes a lot of sense. Absolutely, it's an evolutionary mm-hmm. type breeding that that you bring about, mm-hmm. and I, I think that's the appropriate way to bring discovery into crafting for this, because mm-hmm. otherwise, you know, there's just the internet. And you can go be like, hey, how, I want to make this super OP item. Yeah. These are the mats that's required for it. Oh, I happen, I can go buy those. I can craft it. And I've just discovered that recipe now. And now I have it. So I, I I agree with this approach very much. So, Oh, yeah. I mean, I think it's all about balance, right? I, I think we both, like, you know, the panel has made some good arguments for, like, discovery versus you know, just being able to get a recipe. I think there's definitely, there can be a market for both. Um, You know, maybe things that are more rare in nature might have a discovery component to it. I think that would be a nice perk for being a crafter in addition to being able to make things. Um, But it's also, I think it's important that there's, you know, things in the world that you can find and learn and trade that way. That way it keeps the player agency up. But I think, one thing that I've seen that's somewhat lacking in you know a lot of games today from a crafting perspective is there's there's little incentive consistently throughout you know the life of like a particular um, season or expansion, right? Very strong crafting focus early on because people are trying to get you know things that are made by crafting, especially just using WoW as an example, right? A lot of people are really focusing on crafting now because oh that's the way i can get my legendary vessel to create a legendary item mm. right but later on in the expansion it's going to kind of dwindle down to you know i wouldn't say meaningless but it's it's going to be less of a focus because every everybody's able to do it i'm hoping that there's a little more dynamic you know, progression throughout you know the life of each ashes kind of expansion um, so that there is remaining relevance for crafters outside of that kind of initial burst of activity that everybody wants to get, you know, those cool items out of crafting. 100% agree with that. Yeah. Because, hmm. and like, oh, wow is a great example of that. Cause like I play classic a lot. You could level up blacksmithing but once you're max level, it loses any real relevance as a profession. So you just drop it and you build up something else. Um, in later expansions, they started to introduce items that a crafter could craft for themselves, but you had to maintain that professional level in order to use it. Or you had to achieve maximum professional level, craft the item, then you could drop it and still use that item, but it was soul bound to you. And that takes it away. What I like that, and where I think Ashes is going to succeed if they're able to keep this going through expansions is that your end game 
items and equipables are going to be a lot of them are going to be crafted not just dropped and the repair system and durability system really ties back into gathering the materials turning the raw materials into process goods and then turning those process goods into repairs keeps all of that entire ecosystem or economy rolling and churning and that's going to keep those professions relevant i think throughout the lifespan yeah for sure Definitely agree with that. And I also think that uh, it was really sick to see that there were weapon ability discussion bits on there. It was, did you all see that? So the abilities come from the type of weapon and the grade of weapon. That was type of weapon I expected. Grade of weapon. That was, that was, that was something I wasn't really expecting to see. Right. Players can spec into different weapon types through the weapon skill tree uh, and therefore gain access to these abilities. Um, Kind of like we had seen at PAX previously, but it's not really related to that. It said weapon abilities feature RNG procs. Okay. That part, I'm going to have to see how that works out because that, that right there, if you talk about RNG procs, I don't like RNG having too big of a, too big of an element in game combat. And the reason is I think about one system where RNG kind of procs happen, and that's the Elder Scrolls Online. And I don't like, mm -hmm. I, at first, I love the the weapons and armor sets and everything, right? But when there are some that proc, and it's like, well, you know what I mean? Like when it just procs, it does like some ungodly amount of damage. You start to have this like weird situation where someone's spamming a button to proc this, and then the proc is like basically what does everything. So then that could take, take away from a person and their skill because when you have RNG, it's kind of like those trinkets and wow used to have, right? Yeah. You get the ones that were like, has a chance to do this. And sometimes it was all the time. And sometimes it was just like never happening, you know? So I always preferred in that situation. And wow, for example, having a, a trinket that was either on use. So I knew exactly what I got or something that gave me a percentage and said, or, you know, this percentage of the time it happens. And so I'm like, okay, well, then I got like a, you know, let's say it's like 40 some percent chance or whatever, but it's when it's always that, that has a chance to proc kind of thing. And you don't know like exactly what it is. So you can't really count on it. You can't mathematically look and see how frequently that's going to happen either. So like procs, <sighs> procs to me can be really great, but when they're RNG based, I start to get a little, I start to feel a little really hesitant about it. Um, it is something that I can't say or knock it because like got to see what that looks like. Um, could be something you have to spec into, in which case that's like a risk reward scenario, right? Um, but also kind of talked about the combat revamp and not really getting to see the final form of that uh, for Alpha 1, which is something they talked about. Probably wouldn't really be there until Alpha 2 anyway. Um, but they said gameplay will be able to find, will be uh, able finding synergy between your class abilities and weapon abilities. So like the like the idea from the premise of there being the grade of weapons, weapon type, the the proc thing, and RNG. I don't have a problem with procs. I have a problem with RNG procs. That's what I'm a little more concerned about. But if you can rely on it with some mathematical formula that you can test out, you know, versus it just being really just roll the dice and you don't know what that dice even is, that's kind of where I'm. <laughs> that's just me. Yeah. I mean, I think, it's harder to make a choice, yeah, if, if it's more random. Um, I agree. Go ahead. Have to. 
I was going to say, I think it plays a big factor too into how that proc is managed in terms of its repeatability and duration. Yes. Um, you know, yeah, you could have a high damage proc, uh, but maybe it only procs once per instance of combat. So, yeah. you know, if you're fighting a boss, yeah. you have a, a 5% chance to proc this ability. It could happen at any time. If it happens right at the start of the fight, it might bite you in the ass because the tank doesn't have enough threat yet. And you just get, yeah, you get all the attention now, you know, but it only, it, until you leave combat, it doesn't go again. Um, whereas if it has like an internal cooldown of 30 seconds and you got a five minute fight, yeah, that could be a huge fluctuation in your damage. Same could be um, applied to CC type abilities in PvP combat. You know, if you've got a chance to daze or root your opponent for a second, even if that only happens once per instance of combat, once it happens, that's it. But if it has a chance to keep mm -hmm. happening again, yeah, you could get a really lucky chain where it just keeps happening and your opponent has no chance. And that's mm -hmm. that's full tilting. <laughs> full tilting. <laughs> There's the reference, dude. There's like a. I, I thought. I thought this one. Would, I thought Daedalus would definitely be be happy about this one. Like Steven understands how important RP is and would like to include emotes, actions, etc. For RPers, RP not delegated to taverns. Uh, RP specific items and NPCs like a wedding planner, NPC dialogue to unlock hidden quests might not be all be implemented at launch, but will be sprinkled in later. Yes. He's like, yeah. <laughs> Ding! Yeah, I, I had to I had to kind of go over that part of the interview just a few times just to say, just let it let it marinate in my brain a little bit and just enjoy it. Because yeah, mm -hmm. I think that's that's really important. Um to kind of put that flavor in and especially the we've talked about this in other parts of the interview about unlocking hidden things that's really cool i like the idea of like exploring the story and finding something new finding something unexpected so yeah that was that was a real nice nod to the rp community and i'm sure a lot of people are happy about that oh this, this is the last one i'm going to hit on the underwater content and combat steven's in favor of uh, discovery related activities underwater Items used to help in underwater content and combat will be looked at carefully in that regard to make sure it's like worked out. But the discovery related activities underwater. That's cool, man. That's like more than I expected. I didn't expect that at all. I'm just thinking about cave diving and finding a treasure chest of a really cool item or, you know, finding a rare monster that mm -hmm. maybe only spawns at certain times of the like, you know, year or day or what have you i mean it's mm -hmm. that's really cool i, I mean that's it. the most fun experiences i think a lot of us have had in mmos being able to kind of find something or experience something that is rare and it's not like that rare that everybody's camping for like oh, you know long, right oh mm -hmm. man time lost proto and then they go merge in servers and you're like this really screwed it all up for me didn't it yep yep Oh, it's like that moment where you're like, ah, oh, I've got plenty of time to get this. I'll just do this next next uh, patch or whatever. It's like emergent servers now, so you're gonna have like this cross realm stuff going on. You're like, oh, so now we have multiple servers camping the same damn time loss proto. It's fine. I'm fine. Yeah, but like to be fair, underwater content is like one of the most trickiest contents you can actually produce in an True. MMO. 
It's true. Like, there's so many examples of how companies fucked up <laughs> with underwater combat. Yeah. It's true. Even even Wars Two, the the one that people like commend for having really good combat systems and stuff. When it came to underwater, a lot of people hated it. <laughs> uh, it is just so tricky. <laughs> Oh man, seeing that comment in chat from Brown Rice about breathe potions and stuff. And I'm just like, dude, alchemy. Oh, a good alchemy <laughs> system is so my jam, dude. I hope we get some really fun alchemy potions for real. Like stab or, boosters. Whoa, or what? Or engineering of some sort or tinkering of uh, some sort where you can make a breathing apparatus. I think that would be a pretty cool. Like, I mean, no, I don't, I'm not knocking alchemy. I, I love me some alchemy. But I think it'd be cool to have different ways to get to the same destination that makes it fun for players to kind of experience it differently. <laughs> so it's not always like, oh, I got to go like stock up on this or that. It's like you've got, hey, I'm an engineer. I can make these kind of contraptions that help me out. I mean, that's I'm one of the few people, I think, that really still level an engineer consistently in WoW because of those like really cool items you can get. So, I don't know. Maybe I'm just, maybe this is the nerd in me. I don't know about that. It's definitely had, the nerd in you, but it's totally welcome here, man. I had no clue what a breathing apparatus was. Until I searched up scuba gear. I was like, I felt so dumb. <laughs> oh, come on, man. It's all good. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's we a know. little bit more than just a garden hose coming yeah. from the ship. Yeah. Basil, <laughs> yeah. man, you're you're good, homie. Like, I'm, I'm not judging you until you go full murder bunny, man. That's That's when the judgment actually starts. <laughs> You know, <laughs> it was a, it was a good it was a good discussion, man. A lot of the stuff, you know, if you've been in the community for a long time, what's probably stuff that you were aware of or they elaborated a little bit more on. But there were a few things that were definitely some rare hidden gems there, which is really good to get. Um, um, so let's go ahead and talk about this uh, image that was released on. The Ashes of Creation socials, they said, and this is what it says before the Harbingers appeared over the Varen skies. Many noble avian races existed in harmony with those who dwelled below. But now many of these majestic creatures have fallen to the perversions of the ancients' corruption. And then they drop that. And if anybody in chat can name that race, and if you're on the show, you're disqualified because we talked about it already. So shush. <laughs> but if you're in chat or whatever, first person might get a prize. It might just be a good job or attaboy or something, but you know. If you know that race now, you would probably have some reference around it uh, because there was hey, there's an apparatus. You know, if you're going, what apparatus and what I can't see? I know that's why being here for the live show is actually a great thing. But yeah, Sable something. Anybody? I'm gonna tell you, Turkey people. That's not correct. <laughs> Anybody remember the term Slaidborn? Yep. Right. Mm -hmm. They we'd seen them. They were some of the kind of the really they're really the only race that we've seen. that's like a beast race that we've seen. It's like not, you know, like troll or whatever, like an actual beast race. And it was like you saw a lot of references to this, too. From back back in the day when we had some of the silhouettes for like the the Tolnar races and things like that. But this was really cool, man. This was like, you know, them walking around and kind of doing their thing. But they said corrupted, so thinking they bad, thinking they bad, bad. 
I wonder if we would actually see any that weren't bad, you know, like an avian race that maybe wasn't corrupted. Um, but yeah, the Slade-born man and and uh, good job in chat. You got it, Gruntag. You uh, you get a prize. Um, I don't know what it is yet, but stay tuned somewhere, sometime, something. Good job. So it's interesting to notice. I, I, I blew the image up for the first time for this, but mm. over top of the purple uh, flames around the huts, they have their own skulls, which makes me think, yes, if this is a corrupted tribe, maybe they're going after the other tribes that aren't. Hey. Yeah. The enemy tribes. Ooh, this is ties into Sims theory about the underrealm and how maybe they could have tinfoil hats, by the way. How maybe when the ancients arrived, there were the races, these like beast races or whatever that were in the underrealm, and maybe they like somehow because remember the Tolnar? The Tolnar have a caste system. And what did Steven say about the ancients? A caste system, hierarchical structure. I'm just saying it's possible. Look, what do we what else we got to do? We're waiting for ashes, man. You're gonna hypothesize, you're gonna theorize, you're gonna speculate. And then if it turns out you're true, well, damn, that was kind of fun. Look at me. Look at me. I, I got an attaboy. I got a little gold star. I know that probably triggers some people. It's fine, though. You'll be all right. Anyway. It would be interesting because if there's like a like a kind of a hierarchical structure like or caste system or tribe system, like maybe some are like, yo, we're on your side, corrupt bad boys. And then you got the other ones that are like, no, 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 we want to try to like walk in the light. Like we believe in the Phoenix goddess and stuff and we don't want to. We ain't trying to go up against that. I know you all kind of are here now and everything, but we don't really want to align with you. So maybe you do have like these tribes that are like some of us are like corrupt and some of us are not. I think that would be super cool to like come into Barra. You meet these tribes. Some of them would just want to murder you. And the other mm. ones, you know, the other ones are, you know, maybe they end up helping you. You know? Mm -hmm. or maybe they use you as a pawn. Or use you as a, a really, pawn. A really quick note. Most of the towers in that image are mm. what's it called? They look very similar to the orc towers in World of Warcraft. The difference is that the rooftops in World, um, like the World of Warcraft orcs, are made out of wood, and this one is made out of leather. Most of most of their yeah. building material here is leather. I see. I see it. I see. I see exactly what you're saying. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Which is really nice. <laughs> okay, we have one other thing to talk about here. This one, we're going to try to not run this over too long today, but maybe it'll be a part two next time. Who knows? <laughs> Look, I said the Phoenix, the avatar of the Phoenix is the goddess of creation, right? Okay. I'm not referring to myself as being a goddess. That would be weird. <laughs> or a god, even though that would be, you know, I mean, I, that wouldn't be accurate either. It's 2021, man. You do you. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I like how I like how Daedalus just automatically like face palms and heads plants and looks yeah. down at the desk like uh I would never say such a thing. Now a righteous paladin, I would probably say that. For the light, by the light, you see me? I see you. I see you. What a perfect segue <laughs> into the dev discussion number 27 on ideal class, which I will read. Which of our 64 classes do you think you will spend the most time playing? 
And what are the key elements to making this your ideal class? Feel free to share your creative and crazy ideas, even if you may not think they fit the usual class mold. So this is over on the forums. Go to ashes, ashesofcreation.com, go to their forums, go in there. You can kind of see the post and you can, well, you can drop your thoughts. And obviously, friends, obviously, right here, um, right here it is. I'll link it too. Um, now we'll look at the the archetypes. We've looked at this last time, right? Here they are, friends. Yes, Yash. So for me, obviously, the paladin archetype speaks to me, right? It speaks to me. Because the idea of oaths and like, you know, like not not like, you know, trying to like go on some like holy crusade sort of vibe, right? But like, you know, protecting the weak, the innocent, like Basil was talking about. Someone's getting beat down in a zone and here I come on my white steed running along with my hammer wielding lights justice ready to take him out. That vibes for me, man. That's my jam, the protector, right? So when I think of the paladin, well, we know that you get the tank primary archetype, secondary archetype is your cleric, right? So there's vibes from both of these that already resonate with me. Um, you got judgment from the cleric, right? Hammer, right? You got you got that vibe kind of going on. You look at like the tank and you got the weapon lob, right? That one's super cool because it just bounces between them. And I love that because that ties into Avenger Shield, man. Those vibes from World of Warcraft. I loved Avenger Shield. That was such a great utility for tanking. And it just was a good utility as a protector too because that ability specifically would tag multiple enemies. It keeps them off your friends. It ties in that protector nature, right? For me, it's the idea of like, look, hate it or love it. Pally bubbles are important. Right, because that gave them utility that they didn't have against something like a mage that could just blow you up, man. Right, so you know, for me, that's my vibe having that heal element, having the element of like light. Now, already you kind of get like a red sort of uh particle effect to like a lot of the tank abilities, and you get with the cleric a lot of like these light elements. Uh, particle elements and stuff so the combination of both of those totally already seem like they vibe for me as a paladin because the paladin is the tank with the secondary archetype of a cleric um but yeah bubbles i mean the bubble is there in alpha zero we don't see it currently on the one through ten skills that were released last week which by the way were released all right ashes hq did a coverage of that you can go check it out i know half tilt did a reaction video you can go check out um, Ashes of Creation posted their own video on their website. Massively overpowered covered it. We've got it on the HQ. You know, we we've everybody's covering it. So go check it out, take a look, see what you think, share your thoughts. Um, but you can look over that. And if you go look at the last two, then you get some vibes, right? You get some ideas around it. But for all of you listening, it's all about the round tables. It's about all of us. You listen, you pay attention, you're here for the shows. What what vibes for you? Which archetype combo vibes for you what would make it really resonate and gentlemen here what about you guys no, no pressure or judgment much basil remember that all the pressure i talk about so <laughs> <laughs> I have to choose my like you know my favorite 
flavor of ice cream or kid <laughs> or something. Man. No, that's easy. It's like asking to choose my son's uh, name or something. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's tough because every new video that class video that comes out changes like, oh, now I kind of really want to play a tank because that looks amazing. I want to get shot out of a cannon and slash a dragon in the face. Just <laughs> take that thing on, you know, like that looks amazing. But for me, the, the one that is, it, and it'll depend on how secondary augments apply, um, but the Scion, Ranger, Primary, Mage, Secondary. Mm. Um, fr- from uh, a PvP standpoint, if I can mm. apply Frost uh, augments to my ranged arrow abilities, uh, to apply slows and whatnot to my opponents, even if it's RNG, um, is going to be really, really strong yeah. for kiting. Yes. Mm-hmm. Body utility. Um, I would say what I've gravitated to thus far um, is like fight or something, um, though probably the the first one I was looking at was High Sword, and I think there was some you know traffic in chat, and there was a few people that kind of went there too. So I think mm-hmm. that to me would would make that class really cool is is kind of having that you know holy damage component, being able to kind of charge in do some like really you know direct damage type of abilities that have that flair of like a holy warrior i think would be really really neat um and then kind of on more kind of on support fighting hybrid i really would like to see how the blade dancer plays out um just to see again right a long time ago we were asking steven about how the bard would play out and a lot saying well they were really focused on instruments and songs and and he made a comment something to the effect of and there's all sorts of things that bards can do they can you know they can tell stories they can use dance or movement so kind of being able to see how that plays out and having like a really acrobatic class and agile class as a fighter with having that you know support component would be really interesting gameplay for me um as well so i would say if i had to choose probably those are my my top but i agree with half tilt i saw the mage video and the tank video and i'm like really don't don't make this hard for me man just don't (laughs) do this to me man alphas (laughs) and betas man you got to play every single primary archetype just to get a feel Mm -hmm. like okay this is the play style that gels with me let's evolve it from there then absolutely yeah yeah i agree there Speaking of tests, man, we got one coming up in the near future. If you are on the roster and got that status. That's cool, man. I'm kind of wondering, do you all think that we're going to hit the marker? For um, This is a side question, a sidebar real quick. Do you all think that we're going to hit the marker for the play test being delivered on time, the non-NDA stuff? I haven't heard anything that would make me Otherwise, think yeah. that they won't. Yeah, so I mean, I don't know. I I, I think Stephen definitely wants to make sure, um, you know, that it's going to be kind of a good test, and and I think it's encouraging that he talked about the stability that they're seeing, mm-hmm. so the improvements. So I feel like it's on track, uh, but uh, but definitely, I uh, I I would think that we're on track unless yeah. unless 
emphasize differently. <laughs> I feel like we probably are too. I saw my lady Mel said Mage Summoner and Cleric speak to her. What about you, Faisal? You were uh, you were next up. What which which like archetype archetypes speak to you? Okay, Spell Sword Strider. Um, maybe Predator. Oh. Fucking uh, <laughs> fucking Predator Bunny Faisal, really? Oh, here we go. <laughs> Next iteration of the bunny. Um, I am nobody's food. <laughs> I see this bunny just belly crawling up to somebody Holy about to stab them in the back. <laughs> I'm also looking at hmm, knight or warden. But I'm still very conflicted. I was like I have to, I have to hold them in my hands. And I have to. <laughs> you can't do this to me. This is unlimited power. All right, simmer, simmer down there, predator bunny. Just a little bit, <laughs> bunny predator. There, I, I think it's funny. I'm like reading the chats, like, like saying, "Is that a? Is that his cloak?" Is that a blanket of hope? Is he a paladin? No, 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 no. We talked about this, my friend. We talked about how he has murder bunny rabbit teeth. Like, you don't want none of that. You don't want... Nah, man. It's it's, it's a facade. He's talking about jacking people's goods and then selling it as merchant stalls. You guys remember this? <laughs> you have no proof. You have no proof of we this. We have video evidence. Don't even get me started. I'll, I will... Find some time in my life to go back and clip this. I swear. What episode was that? Two, three weeks ago. I'll do it. I'll do it. I do it when the I do it when these people call in from Vera. I'll do it for you too. Don't you forget. I've got clips of you, right? I've got the very first clip of you saying you were a social bunny. First of all, you want anybody want to see that? I'll share it again on social media this week. Hold on. Oof. Check the Ashes Pathfinder uh, podcast Twitter. It's beautiful. It's worthwhile too. But what's it called? Uh, about the test that you were talking about. Yeah. Um, well, it really depends. If if everything goes smoothly as planned, I can see the date happening. But if mm. if we play this test and we still see the reoccurrence of bugs and the server, uh, maybe instability or something like that, that could push it further. I don't know. Well, um, it can be delayed. I could I could see that much at least. Not for a lot, but a little bit until they fix it. <laughs> Man. Dude. So there's 64 combinations. It's important to remember that first choice locks you in to where you're going. That's something really important to remember. When you think about these archetypes, people sometimes come in and they're like, oh, I could be 64 things. Yes, but listen first. You have to pay attention. You kind of need to already know what you're gravitating to. For your first character. It's very important to think about this. So some people think that means I could choose 64 things. It's not exactly how it works. It's 64 possibilities. You get eight to start with. You've got to pick one of the eight. And then when you pick one of the eight, you got to look and see, just like on this chart that we're showing right here, you got to look and see, do the ones off to the right of that primary archetype, right? So we could look at the tank, right? The tank. You got Knight, Guardian, Knight Shield, Warden, Spell Shield, Keeper, Paladin, Argent. That's the tank combining with itself and the other seven of the eight archetypes. All right. So you got to kind of have an idea because if you go rogue and then you go, man, 
I want to do like a duelist, but man, man, I might do like a warden too. Well, you ain't getting to warden if you're a rogue. You're only getting to warden if you go as a tank first. So you got to really think about which one of these really seem like they vibe for me and which category has the most of the ones I probably would go for and then go with that one first because that's probably going to be your best bet, at least starting out. Might be later on you want to be something completely different, but if it's underneath the tree of the primary archetype, like you, then you might end up having to re-roll because you're not going to be you're not going to be like changing that you know not going to be like class changing later it's mm -hmm. important to think about it be mindful about it do your research right yeah it's going to be important to either dabble in a lot of different things if you have mm -hmm. alpha or beta access yeah. especially beta access um Otherwise, you're going to need to watch probably a lot of content because yeah. choosing your primary archetype, I think, is going to really uh, kind of come down to what is your play style and what are you wanting to play in the game? Are you going to focus on raiding? Are you going to be uh, an economist or a, a gatherer, a crafter, a PvPer? You can kind of take that role. Do you want to tank? Do you want to heal? Do you want to buff and support? The secondary and how you choose that flavor you that that is where a lot of variance is going to come into how you choose to augment that primary role yeah it's like and the thing is is like look this is where i am going to promo ashes hq you're going to find a lot of ev like literally everything on the classes will be there like dungeon guys raid guys all that stuff like the stuff that you're going to want to know like what are the details for every everything about the classes? It's going to 100% be there. I can guarantee that. Like, it's going to be a good hub eventually for you to kind of find other creators who are displaying these things and sharing these things too. So definitely keep your eyes there. It ain't, it ain't all about me over there. I'm just one of the people that puts this stuff together. There's like other creators that are going to have their little cutouts. They're going to have their own things being shared. That's why it's community curated. So going to have a lot of it's really good be necessary because 64 classes yeah. for you to do by yourself hell man. no dude hell no man no way i'll probably focus i'll probably be focusing i think three i think it's probably what i'm gonna be doing i think the tank main archetype the cleric main archetype and i think probably probably the mage and then if if i can make it work the rogue because <laughs> because sometimes you gotta little, get a little dirty man you know <laughs> no nah, not if you're a light bringer just like you know alt days go hunt the corrupt people you know give them a little good old shankity shank with your of alt days, <laughs> yes true what um so anyway what do you all think this is kind of our final finalizing of points here right what do you think are going to be the really really deadly combos here i i got a few I can only base it off of what I know so far, but I'm going like, I think number one, cleric, cleric, high priest is going to be crazy high healing, man. Call it now. Look at the mage. I think the arc wizard, arch wizard. Yep. That one's going to be a heavy hitter for sure. Um, In terms of heavy hitters, like I actually feel like the Hawkeye is going to be really strong too. Just because, well, I kind of hypothesize around that. What about you guys? There's a whole lot there. I expect, I guess it depends on the situation. I think rogue, any kind of rogue combination, especially the pure rogue is going to be good for maybe more, um, I would say PVP situations and scouting, et cetera. I think that's going to be really important. Um, 
I don't know. I think the, the way that the classes are being designed is it's it's definitely around group play. So there's I, I think there's definitely gonna be some um trade-offs for being like a pure mage because it's kind of I feel like it's gonna be like a glass cannon. So if you you might have someone that's like you know shooting out the damage as a mage, but if they've got somebody that's able to sneak in and kind of you know jack them, I think like a rogue rogue for example, I think that would also you know be a powerful combo. But yeah, I don't know. I mean, I'm I would like to see some testing before I make a final judgment. Mm-hmm. Definitely the pure classes I think are I don't want to say they're going to have an edge, but they're definitely going to have an um, you know some some advantage that I think a lot of players are going to really look for. And I don't want to say exploit like as a bad thing, like exploit as in, Oh yeah, I, I know there's a, a real power in this situation for yeah. this type of class. And they're going to want to maybe, um, you know, specialize in that. Cause I think it's more about being able to specialize than necessarily um, in for those situations than anything else. But I'm hoping um, that, all of the combinations have viability and and give us enough variety to be able to kind of you know see what they all can do. Mm-hmm. You have to think about those weapon skills too, weapon mm-hmm. rarity, the RNG components they're talking about. I mean these these things you know it it's easy for us to go what's going to be the heaviest hitter, but we got to think about that augmentation system that we still have so much to learn about. You know, we can sit here and go, yeah, high priest for sure. You choose the wrong weapon, maybe not so much compared to the other guy or someone else who maybe has a better combination of, I don't know, weapon skills and gear sets with their different, you know, the different uh, stats that could be, you know, changed by the crafters. All kinds of stuff and things, man. Theory crafting is going to be a definite thing in Ashes of Creation. It's not going to be super cookie cutter as the vision currently presents itself and has not changed thus far so we got a lot to be considerate of we got the you got the order stuff too now you got like order stuff like the religious orders for example you're probably going to see a lot more like in terms of just to the general person rising in their order not necessarily the person at the top but the person rising in an order will probably have some variance to their skill effects for a little bit of flair a little bit of flavor to the way that things look which is great but someone at the top Someone at the top might have specific skills or things that change augments that might be there. We don't know till we get there, you know, like, okay. So Mel said, look, combos interest me are Oracle shaman, necromancer, spellmancer. A lot of people are digging the necros shaman would be. So that's what I'm really curious about too, man. Like what kind of, I want to know about the shaman, man. Cause like shaman life can be good in some games, man. It can be really fun. I used to love playing my shaman and wow, dude. Oh, there was a period there. I was in hand shaman, dude. Oh, boy, I love beating on people. It was good. The bursty burst, baby. The big the heavy furry procs. And- yeah, boy. Get the heavy mace to the face. You know what I mean? It was a good time. Word. Until it wasn't anymore for a while. Sad face. That's what happens to nerfs and class changes that don't make sense. Sadly, it does. But, you know, I hear World of Warcraft's actually in a pretty good place these days. But unfortunately for, for me, that ship has sailed now. Just sailed. But I heard Shadowlands has been doing a lot of good things. So it's great to hear that because, man, World of Warcraft's been around a long time. But for me, that ship has sailed, friends. My new home is in Vera. And I'm waiting 
on that place to go call home, which is why we're sitting here doing this podcast every damn week, 5 p.m. CDT on Sundays. With that being said, friends, any final thoughts about anything we talked about? Do you all want to make sure we chat about before we round this one down to the end? Uh, not for me. I mean, I'm just excited to see what the next test will hold. And mm. fingers crossed it's on time and get some good data to move on to that next stage of opening it up. Definitely. So we wind this one down. I'm letting the gentleman here on the show go in and round the table, such as it is, let you know their domains, where they reign, where you can find them when they're not here on the show. We'll start with Daedalus. You can find me on Twitter at The Ashen Herald and on YouTube, youtube.com slash C slash The Ashen Herald. Faisal. You guys can find me on Twitter as Bagel108 and on Twitch as Faisal108. And Half Tilt. You can find me on Twitter at half underscore tilt or on Twitch and YouTube as half tilt gamer. And friends might be the end of today's show, but in closing, got to remind all of you, whether you listen to the podcast, watch it on YouTube, catch it live here on Twitch every Sunday, you two are an ashes pathfinder, right? Just as much as all the people around the table here, much love friends to all of you, much love to intrepid studios. And until next time, live your best lives, stay safe, stay warm and cozy and as always, walk in the light, friends. Have a great week. We will see you next time. Take care, everyone. Have a great Valentine's. <laughs>